Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, air travel complaints soared over the summer, and Southwest Airlines makes an important change to its boarding upgrade policy. At 3.20, Mark shares a recap from the Sports Leisure Vacations Tour Preview Day, held yesterday at KVIE. Now, lots of new adventures shared with nearly 400 travelers. What does this event tell us about the overall travel trends? Our Smarter Traveler segment at 3.35, we warn you about some of the more popular tourist street scams. It's a reminder about the importance of paying attention when you're away from home. At 3.50, we dig into the world of airline seat assignments. What used to be free costs money on most airlines. So when should you pay the ransom to pick your seat? And when should you just take your chances? We have lots of information to make you a smarter traveler. Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Tom Romano and Mark Hoffman with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com, where you can find information about us, our podcasts, and so much more to make you a smarter traveler. Well, I'm looking across, uh, well, actually, I'm looking on my, my smartphone at Mark on FaceTime saying, you know, you look pretty good. You got to be totally exhausted, worn out, and from the travel preview day yesterday, you and your staff have just got to be feel like you were drugged through a knot hole backwards, as my mama used to say. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit, but um, it was a uh, everything ran very smoothly, and folks did a great. My my team did a great job. We had a good day, and uh, starting tomorrow morning, our our phones will start to ring. Actually, our phones have already. I've been ringing with some things that were pre-announced, so we'll talk a little bit about that and some of the the destinations that we're offering and how the response of our travelers may give us some clues as to how the travel industry looks and, and how trends are looking going forward into 2023. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt to some great information uh, that we'll talk about in the next segment uh, that you got from your travelers as to what they're interested in, who's traveling, where they're traveling to, and lots more. And that'll be coming up at uh, around 3.20 in our Smarter Traveler segment when we dig into that. Uh, welcome, Luis, back to the board for the uh, uh, running the controls there at the KFBK studios. Thanks for being with us, Luis. And at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we take time out to bring you up to date on the travel news. And, of course, uh, with it, once again, here's Mark. Mark? Well, um, the most interesting item, I think, in the for, for the average traveler this week, believe it or not, is going to be the fact that Southwest Airlines has changed a little bit the way that you can buy your boarding upgrades. You know, if you travel on Southwest, you their seating is open. So you get on the plane, and 
whatever seat that is available when you get on, you can have. And the way it's determined that you get on the plane is by at 24 hours before time to go, you start checking in. The people mm-hmm. who hit right at 24 hours get the best numbers, and then it goes after that. And if you're like, oh, man, I forgot to check in, then you end up with C-37 and in a middle seat in the back. So if that happens to you or you don't get the number that you want, Southwest has a system for extracting a few extra dollars from some flyers who might want to upgrade their seat assignment. So Mm -hmm. you want to get on earlier with Southwest and pick out your seat from the available seats earlier. You pay a small fee for that for each segment that you fly. So if you're flying across the country and you have a connection, you'll pay that twice. If you have a nonstop flight, you'll only pay it once. So those, depending on the length of the flight and stuff, on the four- and five-hour flights, those upgrades are quite popular because people want to get an aisle or a window seat. We're actually going to talk about some of that, why you would upgrade, pay for an upgraded seat later on in the program. Anyway, Southwest has changed. It used to be that you waited until you got to the airport in order to purchase that upgrade. Now you can purchase it when you check in 24 hours ahead of time. Well, they always had, uh, you know, the early bird check-in is what they referred to it as. Right. Uh, and you could, any time prior to flying, you well, actually, I think they limited early bird check-in to some days beforehand. Uh, now, is this different than the standard early bird check-in? And then, of course, as you mentioned, you can walk up to the counter uh, right there near the terminal, and if they have them available, then you pay a, an even a higher fee to board in the early boarding. If you want the 1 to 15 boarding number, the the, uh-huh. the, the top A1 to 15, um, you can purchase it up to 24 hours before the flight's departure, up to uh-huh. 30 minutes, up to 30 minutes before it departs. It used to be you went up to the counter when you, you, after you checked in and said, hey, you know, I want to pay this fee and get on board earlier. Now you can right. do it when you check in. Okay, so, so you can, you can, can you still get the early bird uh Cheaper fare or not? Well, the fare that you get, yes, you can get whatever fare you get when you buy your ticket. But this is just a fee to be able to get on the plane before everybody else. So if you want to get on in that first 15 people, then the way that you now can buy it has changed. Okay, so you buy it uh, online rather than uh, at the gate. There you go. So if you, that'll get you a few more seats in front of a few more people, I guess, um, if you do that. But the one for 15, it's funny. Sometimes you go and the one for 15, I'm a, a frequent Southwest passenger, so I board behind that group. And the people who are in that 1 to 15 group, um, sometimes there's one or two people, and sometimes there's 13 or 14 or 15 people. So it just Those- depends. Yeah, the, 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 that's part of the business class as well, correct? No. Right after the – no? No. It's it, – it, if you – well, business class people in some cases with the fares get some of those privileges. But if you want that specific privilege, then you mm-hmm. pay for it, and the way that you buy it has changed. Okay, let's Got move it. on here. Um, some trends from – that have been noticed – in travelers, believe it or not, um, we're starting to see cancellations. Um, cancellation rates at resorts and for airlines have been going up over what the average cancellation rates have been for this time of the year um, recently. Folks are saying that because of rising prices, because of inflation, 
and the the unbelievable rising cost of food when you're traveling and stuff like that is discouraging some people who have already made decisions to travel. So I find that to be kind of interesting. 56% said high gas prices are moderately or significantly impacting their travel decisions. This survey was just taken in the last 10 days, so it does reflect the fact that gas prices have come down some from what they were earlier in the summer. Um, lodging costs, 45%. Other transportation costs, 48%. Food co- Concern over food costs, 63%. I'll tell you what's happening, Tom. Folks didn't know how much prices have gone up on the road when they're eating until they got out there on the road and they started eating. And then they found out that, oh, my God, um, the hamburger isn't four fifty instead of $4. It's $6 instead of $4. So costs of labor and stuff have gone up not only with with supply chain issues and with just general inflation costs, but the cost of labor has gone up so much for restaurants that that is a huge, huge factor. And I really do believe that some folks are getting out there on that, that first makeup vacation trip, and they're saying, wow, the prices are really high. And they're getting out on the second one, and they're saying, you know, I don't know if we can afford to take the third one or not. So that and that is indeed what the numbers here are starting um, to reflect. Forty-six percent point of respondents pointed to price as their primary consideration when planning a vacation a year ago. When the survey was taken, twenty-six percent pointed to mm-hmm. price. So well. people are starting to realize that the cost of travel, the cost of dreaming, is going up pretty dramatically. And no matter where you're going around the planet, and so it's people are starting now to say, well, gosh, I guess it's maybe not, maybe it's not as big of a priority as it was for me, especially now that I got to take a trip or two. Airline complaints have soared this summer, along with as airline services deteriorated. The Department of Transportation reports that in June, 270 percent more airline complaints. So 2.7 complaints in June for every one in June the previous year. Um, congratulations to the airlines. Um, this is a flawed system, though, because just because you complain to DOT doesn't mean that you necessarily get any response. Uh, there you go. <laughs> or any reaction or anything that will help you get your money back, help the next person absolve, avoid the situation. What you're really doing is going on record and saying, this was awful and it shouldn't have happened and here's why it shouldn't have happened. And in some cases you may get some assistance, but that's why people like Chris Elliott and stuff have companies is because they're there to help consumers. For folks who thought that COVID was really pretty much over, here comes something that will really tell you that it's not. Germany is going to require masks on airplanes now until April of next year. Wow. So they didn't just come back and say, we're going to do this for a little while. They came back and said, um, we're going to do it for six months. And here's the kicker. Um, Not just any old mask will work anymore. If you're getting on a plane in Germany, um, you're going to have to have an N95 mask. Or they're not going to let you on the airplane. So that's uh, a real step in a different direction. But also, as I was explaining yesterday to some of, of, of our visitors at our tour preview day, it's the wearing of masks isn't just to protect you and your fellow traveler, we have these people who are running the system. And if too many of them call in sick on any given day, the system doesn't mm-hmm. run. And that goes right. for everything from tour directors to um, air traffic controllers. And so really and truly, you, you have to think this through a little bit and think a little bit past your own needs and think, gee, um, if if I'm part of the system and I cause the system to go down and therefore I can't travel – 
isn't that kind of sort of a problem. So I, I, I think maybe that might be a little bit different way to look at the masking thing. Plus, if you're traveling, you've you got to take a mask with you. you you're you're going to run into the greatest cute little shop that you want to go into, but it's a sole proprietor, and the lady's got a compromised immune system, and she's got a note on the door that says you've got to wear a mask if you want to come in this store. There you go. So, you know, you've got to be willing to meet people halfway. I don't care where you stand on the mask thing if you want to travel. Remember, we talked about being flexible, the F word for so long here, mm-hmm. and that still kind of comes into play. You need to be, you, you, no matter where you stand on some of these issues, if you want to travel and be a part of our human society, then you have to be a little bit flexible, be willing to move on both sides of the needle. Speaking on the needle moving, we talked a few weeks ago on this show about how Japan, incredibly, had super limited tourism into the country. In order to try to to uh, contain COVID, Japan, it has announced last week, has lifted its COVID testing requirements for vaccinated travelers. They are going to allow uh, the inbound cap on daily travelers to increase fairly dramatically. And Jap- Japan has opened to tourism for the first time in a couple of years. Some of these measures are going to be rolled back gradu- gradually. But if you were waiting for the opportunity to go to Japan, Uh, Delta Airlines has announced it will resume service between Los Angeles and Tokyo beginning on October the 30th. So very soon, it -hmm. will be much easier to go to Japan. And plus-size people are starting to to pressure the airlines to provide more room as they build new aircraft. So why would this be important to the rest of us? Because if the seats get bigger for plus-size people, guess what they get bigger for everybody else? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, so congratulations to those folks. Um, you know, if you if you're a large person and you get on the uh, aircraft, most people know this. Um, you can request a seat belt extension uh, in order to be able to get that belt around you. Also, many uh, airlines will, if you're too large to occupy one seat comfortably, they will allow you to purchase a second seat, and then they will refund you the cost of that second seat after your flight. You still are paying for the original seat, but that keeps everybody a little bit more comfortable. But anyway, good to see that um, that those folks are saying, hey, look, you know, this is miserable for everybody, extra miserable for us, because any victory for them would be a victory for everyone else. So yeah, That's true. And, you know, and as, as time goes on and I don't see it changing, uh, all of us are, uh, well, I mean, there's still a few, uh, are a little larger than we used to be. Yeah, and, amen. Uh, it, it's, it's just become the, I certainly the American standard, if not elsewhere. People are getting bigger, and airline seats are getting smaller, a trend that's yeah. been going on for a while, and that's your travel news for today. All right, and we are the Travel Guys. Don't forget TravelGuysRadio.com for links to all of our special stuff and interviews can be found there. All right, yesterday was the big uh Sports Leisure Vacations Tour Preview Day. We're going to dig into it with Mark and learn a whole bunch about what people are thinking and where they're traveling and all of that. It's coming up next right here on The Travel Guys. Yes, sir, my friends. It is Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on the radio, doing the uh, Travel and Entertainment Show. Thanks for coming along. Glad you could make it. And uh, as promised a few minutes ago, it's time to talk about Sports Leisure Vacation's annual tour preview day. This has been going on 
except for a little tiny breaks here during COVID, for nearly, what, 43 years, Mark? Yep, long time. And so you guys gathered at the uh, KVIE studios uh, yesterday. Uh, what, how many folks all together? We did, about 400. We had uh, three presentations during the day. Uh, and a, a special shout-out to our our partners at KVIE. We have been underwriters um, of their programming for a long, long time, using uh, some of our profits to give back to that community resource and, in turn, um, on occasion, there we were allowed to use uh, part of their facilities there, and so we make a makes for a real gives folks an opportunity to come and see uh, the the headquarters of their public television station, and so we really appreciate the the folks at KVIE. It was um, it was a good day yesterday. You know, Tom, you could do worse in life, I think, than it strikes me. I have spent almost all of my entire adult life making people's dreams come true. I've been I've owned a travel company that basically is people say, you know, take me someplace wonderful and I do it and hope to make a dollar off of it and move on to the next one. So it's uh it, it it's, it's it a has got to be a pretty cool way to uh, to to have a job. I mean, everybody knows someone who goes to work every day and never really thinks of it as work because of uh, how much they love what they do and for the length of time that I've known you, which has pretty much been all that time, uh, you never really complain about your job. You only talk about how well wonderful it is to help make people's dreams come true. What is the 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 uh, the dreamers? Uh, tell me about your dreamers, which well, would be your sports leisure vacations people. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Well, they are uh, mostly mature travelers. That's our our market seniors. Uh, many of them are retired. Um, they're still adventurous travelers, lots of them still. What we found out yesterday, interestingly enough, is that the the willingness, the, the travel risk window is opening back up pretty dramatically. Even for folks who tend to be a little bit more conservative in their travels in, in, in their in their travel plans, but um, the the thoughts of going to Europe or to someplace more exotic here in our own country, um, off the beaten track places, a lot more um, there was a lot more interest than there had been. And when we asked people, where is it that you really want to go that perhaps we haven't clicked onto yet, there was a lot of interest in international travel. So for our company specifically, um, we have expanded our Canadian schedule for next year because that's a fairly safe way to go international and stick your foot into the water. And Canada is an incredible country to visit. Um, we've also added uh, – a, an ocean-going cruise to Scandinavia and a river cruise in Europe. And so we will probably add other European travel packages as we get deeper into the winter here. So I think what that tells you is that um, regardless of age, that people are willing to take um, – that they're looking back. They're, they're looking to travel getting back to normal. And the things that they looked at before, um, they're going to look at again. But, of course, I think that when they see what those things cost, that may have a little bit uh, to do with – you know how what how they approach those things. I guess the the most amazing thing from that I wanted to say about yesterday. I have the most. I'm a really lucky guy. I mean, as a business man, I am a really lucky guy. I have this amazing staff of people that just work their buns off and are really good at recognizing when work needs to be done. You know, at, at some places, if something needed to be done, there'd be a bunch of people standing around with their fingers in their nose and wondering what to do and my team just has this in they just they just do things they just make things happen and 
when you when you run a company, there's just nothing like you know. I've I've heard people say over the years, well, customers are number one. You got to always take care of your customers, and, and there's nothing wrong with that theory. But I will just tell you that your your employees are number one, and if you take care of your employees, then they take care of your customers, and you don't have to worry about taking care of your customers because they're already doing it for you. But I'm a really lucky guy in that I have a team of people who are, are are really fantastic. And the other thing that I am lucky to be blessed with is a lot of travelers, customers of my company who are just amazingly great people and who really um, uh, who really think highly of our company, and that makes doing business a lot easier. Now, what did the event yesterday tell us overall about travel trends? Well, um, as I said before, it tells us that the travel window is, is – People's willingness to take risks in planning travel ahead is definitely opening up. Um, they're they're going to start looking at things, and I'm sure this is going to is going to apply for all age demographics. Um, people are going to be, you know, now that that scuba trip or something that they put off for a couple of years because they had some concerns. I think they're going to start looking at those things more next year. So I, I think that next year, if we don't see some type of blow up again of COVID is going to look a lot more like regular travel. And I'm hoping as we see some weaknesses in some area with pricing that we're going to see some prices come down. But I also think that there will be some prices, some resort, popular resort areas that will not come down as quickly as others. Now, uh, did you have any particular trips in your catalog that people immediately jumped on that oh, yeah. don't even bother to don't even bother to ask about well that's the beauty at, at sports leisure we we take interest lists before the catalog comes out so sometimes some things sell very quickly and if you are a sports leisure traveler and you're thinking about doing something don't think very long act because the trips tend to fill up very quickly but um, we do a lot of domestic things tom and um, and those were popular the the, the more Exotic domestic things, winter in Yellowstone Park and going up to see the Aurora Borealis in Alaska or off the beaten track stuff. Like I'm going to do one of my Route 66 tours next year. And there seemed to be a lot of interest in that. As I mentioned, a lot of interest in, uh, in Canada, definitely. And also trains. Trains are making a, a huge comeback, especially among more mature travelers. Um, we were we were had the folks from the Rocky Mountaineer there at our show yesterday, and so the, the trains, even though some of those trains can be expensive, are definitely popular. We all have some more questions after the news uh, in regards to uh, your catalog and such for people. So stick around, folks. Coming up after the news, tourist street scams next on the Travel Guys. Hey there, Mark and Tom, celebrating 100 years of doing the Travel Guys. Well, no, wait a minute. Uh, 100 years? What are you talking about? We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark and Tom, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Don't forget now you can uh, follow along with us and get smart traveling information at TravelGuysRadio.com. Right, exactly. Hey, two things I picked up from the news. At the top of the hour, did you did you hear that thing about the pilots getting into a fist fight in the cockpit there you go um that would be a little disconcerting to me as a passenger to think that there were they had put two people in the cockpit who couldn't get along and they were fighting with each other while the plane was in the sky that would be what why would why would they ever tell us that 
Why would exactly. they allow that information to leak out of the cockpit or anywhere into the news? I well, mean, you would. You, what are they? The the government or something? Could have been the blood running on the floor outside of coming out of the cockpit. That might have been the clue to the to the passengers. The other thing that was kind of interesting, um, that was less entertaining, um, but more distressing, was that um, gas prices have come down fairly significantly, but diesel prices have not. And diesel is what powers trucks. That's and right. buses and some of these things that move products around, which contribute to inflation and rising costs and all that kind of jazz. So that was a little disconcerting to hear that diesel prices are and that de- that there's still a diesel shortage. So that means that prices are not going to come down anytime soon, which really impacts a lot of the travel industry. So, um, you know, you never know what little tidbits you can pick up listening to the KFPK news there. So, Thomas, we have yes. uh, uh, our folks, our friends at Travelers United have kicked out a list of things that uh, current scams that are kind of going on around the around the planet, things that are the, the scam of the week, the scam of the day type thing, you know. Oh, mm-hmm, look at mm-hmm. that big plane up there while I take your wallet type, th- type stuff. So we have a few of these here if you are traveling. It strikes me that some of these are a little bit more international, but some of them are not. And the first one is one that I never even thought of before. I this I never thought of this. So you go out, you're in a hotel. This happened a lot in New York City, a lot. You would come home to your hotel, and somebody had slid a flyer under your door for pizza delivery. And so you're thinking, wow, gee, that would be a great idea. It's 1130 at night. I'm just back from a Broadway show. I'm kind of hungry. These guys are promising 45-minute delivery. I'll call them and get a pizza. So you call up and you order and you get a pizza. Guess what happens next? Um, The next day you get a $2,500 charge on your credit card bill because you called these guys and ordered a pizza and gave them your credit information. They didn't have anything to do with pizza. They were just there to get your credit card information. Pizza was never oh boy. Pizza was never a part of the game. So, if you come home and you find a flyer for pizza delivery underneath your door in the hotel room, you might beware of the fact that it may not yeah. have anything to do with pizza. Oh my gosh, that seems so obvious too when you when now that you brought yeah. it to our attention, doesn't it? But yeah. I can't tell you. I mean, I never ordered any, but I I can't tell you how many times I can, especially in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you would come back, and there would be this flyer under the door, and you'd think, oh, wow, how convenient. And so these guys, are some of them are scamming people. Okay, um, if somebody asks, uh, you get into a cab, and the driver says, uh, you know, you look, and the meter doesn't start running right away, or the driver says something about the meter not quite working, then my suggestion to you is don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Until you resolve that issue about the meter and how much it's going to cost you to get to the other end. Because the cabbie, uh, it, this, and this is something that applies, applies more in foreign countries now. We don't have as many taxi cabs as we used to have. But things like this still happen where, oh, the, the fare is undecided at the beginning or there's no way to determine the fare at the beginning. So by the time you get to the end, now you're susceptible to somebody saying, okay, this is what you owe me or this is what you need to pay me. So if you get into a situation like that, or let's say you call an Uber 
and the car shows up and you're kind of thinking a little shaky here whether this is really the right car or not. This is starting to happen in some European countries. Um, cars are roaming the streets. They can see people who look like they might be Uber customers. They pick them up and cut their own deal along the way. So, again, make sure that the car that shows up for you is the car that your phone says you've got the right license number. Maybe ask the driver's name, etc. Okay, um, this one other this one has to do with hotels also. You're in your hotel in the middle of the night. This did happen to me one time. Um, you get a phone call in your room. Typically, it's in the wee hours of the morning so that you're not, you know, very, very awake. The voice says this is the front desk and it's the overnight auditor and we're having some trouble processing your credit card. So we need you to verify your credit card number. Of oh, course. Boy. Yes. Of course, this person doesn't work for the hotel. They're not in the hotel. They're simply trying to get your credit card information. So when this happens to you, if someone from the front desk in the hotel, or the way, that's the way they identify themselves, call you and say, look, we're having a problem with your credit card. Um, could you verify the numbers? Don't do it over the telephone. The answer yeah, to that. Yeah, go to the desk. There you go. See, Tom, you got it. I have, a, go yeah, I have a question there, backing up 20 seconds. If... Uh, how would anybody get your get to your a phone call to your room unless they know your name and your room number? Well, and depending on the quality of the security at the hotel. So that's okay. so so that's another thing that you're that you're looking for is um, you know many hotels now they won't say uh, yes, Mr. Hoffman, you're in thirty one twenty seven at the front desk. Because then anybody within earshot can hear that Mr. Hoffman is in 3127. They'll push the key packet towards you and say, Mr. Hoffman, here's your room number. So they're that way unless you choose to disclose it. So hotels have taken some steps to make sure that it's harder for people to be able to get your room number. But that doesn't stop the hotel. If the hotel doesn't have proper security and they call in and say, give me room 3127, please, that the operator doesn't just connect. Right. Understood. Okay. Okay. So if you're if that happens, you had the right answer there perfectly. If someone in the hotel calls and says we're having some kind of an issue, then you say, "All right, I'll be right down to the front desk and take care of it." Um, in this case, the writer of this article said this has happened to them twice. In both case, cases, the scammer hung up immediately because, of course, they knew that the gig was up. So if you're in your room and someone's asking you for some type of financial information of any type personal information for the hotel, then you want to personally go down to the desk and take care of it in person because that will legitimatize whether or not that was really something that the hotel needed. Okay, um, camera exchange. This is happening more and more. Um, Someone walks up to you and in a friendly way offers to take your picture because they can see that you're someplace and you're maybe trying to decide how you're going to take a a selfie or take a picture or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So they say, hey, I'd be happy to do this for you. You hand them your phone, and off they go. Immediately, they're gone with your telephone. So um, be careful of of that. Also, this is is something that happens frequently in foreign markets, marketplaces. Um, You're haggling with somebody at a market. And um, is the price of the item going to be ten or fifteen dollars? And you finally decide that it's twelve fifty, and the person takes the item uh, away to wrap it up for you. And when they take it away to wrap it up for you, of course, they don't wrap up the item that you've decided to buy. They wrap up something else. So when you get back to your hotel, then you find that you what you have purchased is not what you proudly haggled for in the first place. So if someone, if you purchase something, 
may, and someone is wrapping it for you, make sure whether you've haggled for the price or not, make sure that you can see the, per- the, the wrapping process or that the wrapping is transparent or that in some way, shape, or form you check to make sure. And especially <laughs> if you're buying a piece of jewelry or something right. like that, a watch or something like that. Bait and switch, yeah. Yes, very easy for that to be done. So those are some of the scams that are coming up as more popular this summer. And then, of course, there's always the uh, uh, the big town square thing where there's the entertainment going on, and you're distracted by the entertainment while the people are are running around in the crowd pickpocketing people. Um, be, be aware of situations where you're just standing and watching something. It's not so much of a danger, but where they get audience participation is where these things usually happen. So they get mm-hmm. the audience clapping or yelling or doing something that gets them involved in the actual entertainment process and unfortunately in some cases the entertainers and the pickpockets are working together so but whether they're working together or not when you get into a situation where it's an audience participation thing be very careful because just that noise and you moving around allows people an opportunity to maybe get maybe get into a pocket or a pocketbook or a purse or a bag or something like that are you a front pocket wallet guy or a hip pocket wallet guy. I'm a front pocket wallet guy, not because of pickpockets, but because my back hurt 20 years ago, and the doctor said, "Put your wallet <laughs> Don't your front sit on pocket. your wallet." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that that that's a that I think anybody that's been to a chiropractor or had back issues, men, we're talking about primarily here, get that. But uh, if you're you're not comfortable with it, get yourself one of those front pocket wallets. They're a lot thinner. You can get them with the security, but you know you can really avoid the opportunity opportunity for somebody to snatch your wallet out of your back pocket which is pretty easy to do uh, by by considering being a front pocket wallet person well Guys. and a lot of these things have to do with paying attention and so uh, my, my special caution to people is to folks who like to go on vacation and you know you have a glass of wine or two with dinner or you're out partying a little bit and now you're on your way home and you have absolutely no idea what a target you are because people who have not been partying, and they can they can tell that you may be an easier victim than some other people. So really, when you're in surroundings that you're not accustomed to or not familiar to you, that's when you need to take just a little bit of extra caution. I was just reading an article, Tom, about um, before we went on the air about resorts in Mexico where um, they've almost become known for in certain areas for the fact that drugs are available there. And so that's if that's all part of the tourism in that particular area, um, you can argue whether that's right, wrong, or otherwise. But people who go to tourism areas and incapacitate themselves become even bigger targets. So it's really something to think about. I mean, I don't care how big or healthy or young you are or whatever or how many people are in your group. Um, when, when you're inebriated or under the influence of something, you are putting yourself – in, in a danger that you would not otherwise put yourself into. And it's just like the officer can see you weaving down the street. Well, the people on the other side of the town square can tell that you're completely out of it and that you might be the person who would be the perfect victim. So it, it's really when you're traveling, you've got to, especially when you're in unfamiliar surroundings or in a foreign country, you've got to think twice before crossing some of those lines. All right. Good information. Good information. Uh, By the way, uh, Mark indicated that uh, 
a lot of this information we got from Travelers United. We have a link to their website at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, you ready to move on? I think we are. We're going to uh, take a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the situations where you should actually consider paying an airline for a seat assignment. That's next, here on The Travel Guys. And here we go, uh, the final segment of today's Travel and Entertainment, guys. Mark and Tom with you. Thanks for uh, coming along. Okay, Mark, uh, let's see. We promised folks we were going to talk about when it makes sense to belly up and uh, pay for your uh, for your seat assignment when when you travel explain well yeah there are there are kind of two philosophies one is i'll take whatever the airline gives me i really don't care that much and the other one is i do care a lot um and sometimes i only care a lot in certain situations and so with airline seats being i mean to get an economy plus seat, a seat with extra legroom to go across the country now can be as much as $150 each way. So that's a, that's a pretty big add-on, and even short segments are $50, $60, um, $70. So that's with the legacy carriers. They, they will sell you a specific seat assignment. Southwest is, uh, which a lot of people fly in and out of Sacramento, probably more so than any other, than all the rest of the carriers combined. Uh, Southwest allows you to check in, get a number, and then select your seat when you get on board the plane from what's available. And, of course, as we talked about earlier in the show, they have changed and opened up a bigger window for you to be able to move up your number and therefore get on and have a better selection of seats. Now, with Southwest, and unless uh, I missed something, the leg room, uh, except for when you sit in the very front row of uh, of the plane, is pretty much the same across the board. Yep. Is that, yep. Yep, except so, for the, ex- the exit rows, of course. Right, right. So so there, you know, you really don't have the opportunity to to buy extra leg room. Uh, you can only buy yourself an early boarding. Yeah, you can hope that if you buy up into those first 15, that, let's see, there are one, two, three, four, there are eight aisle and window seats in the exit row, and there are four more aisle and window seats in the bulkhead, so that's 12. So you have a reasonable chance of getting... Uh, an extra legroom seat if you buy up to that, or at least getting that aisle or window or whatever it is that you want. Um, with the other airlines, you can pick a specific seat from mm-hmm. a seating chart and know that, therefore, you are going to be able to sit together. Some airlines have rules in regards to family seating. For example, on Southwest, they allow families with small children to board after the A group boards in hopes that those that will then allow the family to sit together. Um, some other carriers have rules in regards if you had a family and you already had seating assignments and you weren't together and you got to the airport, they would help you put your seats together. But here's the problem. More and more airlines now are charging for when this all started, you paid uh, extra money to get the seats with extra legroom in the front. Well, then the airline said, well, let's charge a little extra for the aisle seats going back in the plane, even though. There's not extra leg room. And then they said, well, let's charge a little more for the window seats going back a ways in the plane, even though there's not extra leg room. So the reality is that on most aircraft, you're down to about a third of the seats that are available to you, which is basically the last eight, ten rows in the back and the middle seats up through the center of the plane. So that's all you're really working with to start with if you're not buying a seat. So just know Mm -hmm. the deck is very much stacked against you if you're willing to sit in the back part of the plane 
and you're not picky, then you can save some sizable money. If you fly with Spirit or Frontier, um, they'll sell you a ticket for practically nothing. And if you don't carry on a lot of stuff or bring a lot of luggage, you can fly really, really cheap. And some people do that. And good for them. I mean, they're beating the, they're in essence beating the system. But for those of us who sometimes say, well, you know, do I want to get a seating assignment or not? Here are half a dozen situations where you might want to consider getting that seat assignment. Um, you're traveling with friends or family members, particularly if there's more than a couple of you. If there's five or six of you, then uh, you need to, to, to consider how is it that you're going to get, if you can reserve the seats ahead of time, um, that's fine. Or if you want to pay a little bit of a premium for them, know something. With the airlines asking more money for even these aisle and window seats that have no specific designation except that's where they're located on the plane, in the old days you could get on and say, gee, um, sir, would you be willing to switch with us so that our family could sit together? And oftentimes somebody would say, sure, out of the kindness of my heart, it's only one row. It doesn't matter. It's still the same seat. I'll be happy to move. But now that people are paying for those seats, they're not quite so willing to, to trade them to you for free. So that's something to consider. If you're somebody who in the past has had success with that, you may not find people quite as willing. Um, if you're going to work during the flight, if you're going to open your computer, and I, to me it depends on whether you're left or right-handed. I'm left-handed, so I want the D seat so that my elbow can stick out a little bit into the aisle when I'm typing and stuff like that. If you were right-handed, you'd probably want the C aisle seat. But if you're going to work, then you probably don't want a center seat or you may not want a window seat. Another situation where you may want to purchase a seat is if you're a woman and you're traveling alone because this gives you the ability to be able to pick a seat. It means that the, uh, the chances of you getting stuck between two men, um, particularly two large men who might intrude on your space, and if you're in a middle seat, drops dramatically. So I, the airlines know this. Women request more seat assignments, paid seat assignments, than men do. Um, if you want to sleep on the plane, this is pretty obvious. Uh, you don't want people climbing over you, so you want to get a window seat. If, you want to, if you're somebody who has a bad leg and you know that on a four-hour flight you're going to have to get up and move around, then obviously it may behoove you to pay a little extra to get an aisle seat so that you can have that opportunity to get up and move around and not have to bother people. The biggest reason that I can say to purchase a seat assignment in advance is if you know you have a connection. Then and you know it's a tight connection. Let's say it's under an hour and ten minutes. Um, that's when you want your seat assignment because being in the front of the plane as opposed to being in the back of the plane, you'd say, well, it's only going to be a few minutes. But what if somebody in the middle of the plane has a problem getting off? This happens. Frequently it happens. It does. Now you've lost three or four or five minutes, which could be the difference between you making your connection. If you get a buy a seat in the front part of the plane, now you know that. And the other thing is you've eliminated all of that stress and stuff. So literally the difference between – because I wait for people to get off of planes to direct them to their next one in airports. The difference between somebody who's in row 8 and somebody who's in row 38 can literally be 10 minutes in the time that they get off the airplane. And that could make all the difference between you not only having time to make your flight, but maybe having time to stop and get something to eat or to use the restroom facilities or fill your water bottle or whatever else might be important to you 
just in terms of tiny creature comforts moving on. So that's really the situation where you really want to consider the possibility of paying for a seat if you don't normally do it is look at that connecting time. And when you see that 47 minutes, then that's your clue that you want to be up in the front part of the plane and that therefore you will probably want to pay for the privilege. Very, very good information. By the way, breaking news, breaking news. Yes, sir. All right. The new dirtiest place on the airplane recently discovered after recent uh, tests Mm -hmm. is what? Well, it has to be the floor of the restroom. No, I thought so, too. It's that pouch in front of you. Ah, where everybody sticks their phone sticks and their <laughs> stuff and the the the, the 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 sanitary wipe that they cleaned the everything off with when they were done with it where do they stick it they stick it in that little pouch to throw away later so anyway there you go look uh, by the way if you didn't get a chance to be at preview day yesterday mark how do people get catalogs and so forth uh, they can go to our website at sportsleisure.com. Uh, all of the trips will be posted. I wanted to give a list of some of the destinations, but we didn't quite get there. Thanks to all the folks who came out yesterday and danced like nobody's watching. Thank you, my friends. Thank you, Luis. You guys stay well. We'll see you next Sunday, 3 o'clock, and we'll do it all again here on The Travel Guys. <laughs> 